Shut up and sit down. Hi, I'm Corbin. And I'm Katie. And we are the, the Vagabonds. Two best friends adventuring through the world of lady stuff, one episode at a time. We don't give medical advice, and we don't seek for anyone other than ourselves. We're just recording conversations we'd be having at bars anyway. Woo! Hello. Hi, friends. Hi. What's up? Living the dream. Yeah. It's a... Uh, Coming to you from the bunker again. For sure. We should call this the womb or something. Oh, the, the podcast womb. It's it's um. Oh, that's so cute. It's uh, paneled in uh, naughty pine, like mm-hmm. many uteruses. I mm-hmm. understand. Not mm-hmm. naughty as in <laughs> naughty pine. Naughty as in. Yeah, we could do that. Um, this is this is the womb. The womb. Guys, by the time this episode airs, I'll be home for more than one day at a time i'm so excited but not done with interviews. i'll only have one more left really yes what about you exciting. i only have one left period right now yeah holy shit i'm so jealous mm. how many Feels do you good. have left total four i have three in one week wow. Woo. Wow. it's gonna be a fun week are they geographically yeah okay pretty pretty close yeah well, and i get to stay in iowa oh yeah Wait, so you're going to be done by Christmas. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. Corbs. Although my last one is- I'm sorry. Corbs. Corbs yawning. We asked Did, her if she was are, ready, are you, and she was like, yes, mid-yawn. <laughs> are, you, are you up too early? Uh, Yeah. I am definitely up too early. I love that. So, so you guys are like, let's do it at 9 a.m., and inside I'm like, fuck, guys. Uh, I know. I'm usually not, I have to leave. to leave at like noon. I'm usually literally not out of bed until Me noon. Me neither. So. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Dude, yeah, I, um, I've I, been becoming a better sleeper. Yeah, it's easier to fall asleep in weird pl- places. When you're exhausted. Except I had a really scary dream about my cat last night. It made me really sad. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. I don't oh, think I'll get into the details. It's okay. too sad. No, okay, we, okay. that's okay. good. Don't make me sad. You guys, how do you feel about um, menstruation? Great. Um, I feel great about menstruation. What did I say? Menstruation. We had talked about this uh, on our menstruation yeah, episode. Right. <laughs> Menstruation. I'm just giving you crap. Menstruation. Anyway, um, do I don't feel- know because I don't do it right now. So. Okay. Well, um, it, an American chiropractor apparently has um, <gasps> developed a, uh, or is, has patented at least, a labial glue as a menstrual alternative to tampons. Why? And sanitary e- napkins. Excuse me? Yeah. So, um, the, so this, in February 2017. Only a man. Uh, news outlets. Uh, reported on a product called men menses i guess um it's and a good name well the 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 problem that the uh, chiropractor is apparently trying to solve is you know the inconvenience of things like tampons and and pads um so he developed a a sort of glue it's not really a glue so it's not glue like you really think of a glue uh-huh. as being like a permanent bond uh-huh. but uh a glue that would um close the vagina to until the next time you washed or urinated so in other words it would just stay in there the 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 uh-huh. the uterine med- lining uterine lining would stay in there until you were ready for it to come out and then you didn't have to deal with um feminine hygiene pro- other feminine hygiene products just get a diva cup yeah i don't like the idea of, i don't know it sounds like a lot of things could go wrong 
Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, well, the the funny thing about it is that it's um, be really hard to get a good seal too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This product doesn't actually exist. A patent was filed, and you can file a patent for anything. Oh, okay. Um, you know, any idea that you have. Uh-huh. But um, I got a lot of ideas, so I'm glad to know this because I'm gonna start yeah, making some patents. Patent the shit out of that. I think it would. It yeah, it would be really hard to. I think it, it would be hard not to have a lot of leakage. Yeah. Um. The the guy doesn't actually sound that bright. He's a he's a apparently uh from a family of chiropractors, mm. and his uh, siblings have distanced themselves from this idea completely. They, well, they good think, for them. They think he's this is from Snopes.com, by the way. So oh yeah, I love Snopes. It's uh, and um and so he the they I guess Snopes emailed the guy and said you know tell us more, and he basically sent them back a incredibly poorly worded and um grammatically incorrect fact uh which attempts to justify this sort of thing the funny thing is that um he basically says at some point in here that um women will probably still want to wear uh pads Uh and uh, just in just in case Mm -hmm. so i'm not really sure what (laughs) what the what the point is Okay, well, but if you were menstruating, this guy if you were menstruating, has zero expertise. He's not a woman, yeah. So he doesn't have personal expertise. Mm-hmm. He's not a OBGYN or a family physician, so he doesn't have professional expertise. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So um, there's, <laughs> I mean, okay. So gladly, I I'm glad that I, this is, didn't go where I thought you were going. But there's like people who are like very into health quote-unquote made-up health so who think that like having periods is because like your body has too many toxins it's like getting rid of them so there's oh. people who like will purposely like try not to have their periods through like starvation means because like one way to not have your period is to have a very low body fat and mess up your hormones and stop having periods which is like well so the goal isn't to not have your period the goal is to not take in food so that you're not taking in yes but a sign of this is to not have your period yeah and it's just like such bullshit and i'm like okay why anyway it's just very sad it's just Mm. anyway it's it's bad um but i'm glad that's not where it went and i'm glad it went to a humorous place well i'm glad too considering that uh you're glad yeah you know had it Uh, gone there and you've been like i'm really not glad that you brought this up dave (laughs) well we could have talked about it but um yeah so this is so so last night i was talking to my friend holly about because um like i said on our our last episode i'm very very tired and um didn't want to do a lot of work into this so um this week uh there i'm i'm getting ready for some good ones coming up that i'm gonna do a lot of research basically phoning it in that's but yeah sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta phone yeah when you when you suffer four hours in a car the night before and it's still gonna be a good episode yeah this one is because i know a lot about the topic but um i I was talking to holly and i was like what should i do my topic about and she was like giving us all these fun things which we are gonna do in the future but Mm -hmm. one of them we were like talking about like feminine hygiene products so Uh. i wish that's what we were talking about today because I would like dovetail very nicely, but it is not what we're talking about yeah. today. But, um, but we are going to do that sometime. Coming I think up. if you had told me we are going to talk about the sometime hold off, Dave, I'm not sure I could have. No, that's okay. I'm not sure. I, I mean, could've. we don't have to have an entirely cohesive episode. No. Have we ever? No. Nope. No. So it's no. fine. That's <laughs> how we live our lives. All right. But yeah. So centering pregnancy. 
<laughs> to is, be clear, you've actually told me this before now that I'm thinking about it, and I still can't remember what's That's okay. Because I'm a moron. Okay, It's go okay. So at, a, at its most basic, easy one-liner, centering pregnancy is group prenatal care. So, um, so what that means is that women who are pregnant um, go to their visits with their healthcare provider in a group. So... Oh. Um, I'll explain more about about the actual structure, but but basically, um, you are in a group of women whose due dates are similar to your own. So um, basically, the idea is that you're at similar gestational ages, so that the the education that you receive in this in this group is um, appropriate for what gestational age you're at. So, for instance, like at the beginning, we talk about like dealing with pregnancy and like cravings and morning sickness and what kind of nutrition you need for your pregnancy and towards the end we talk more about like parenting and postpartum birth control and what the labor process is like and things like that so centering pregnancy is like a, a trademarked name it's it, it's through this thing called the centering healthcare institute um and so this was developed and i'm going to read their three like on their website their website's really good i'm going to link to it in the show notes but um it's really good for like patients and providers. Um, but basically the three main tenants are health assessment, interactive learning and community building. And so, um, how this plays out in centering pregnancy sessions is so for health assessment. So the women you come and uh, the other thing I should say is it's not just, so it's women and then they can like bring their partners or like a support person with Mm -hmm. them. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like a regular doctor's visit in, in that you can kind of bring who you want with you and they can like be your support person for this whole time. So for the health assessment part, the women are taking their own blood pressures. They're weighing themselves. They are um, doing that kind of stuff or they can like help each other, which is like a part of community building. Um, and like at least for the group that I did, like we would do their, you know, they do their blood pressures, they would weigh themselves and then I would like do their fundal heights, which is... Um, for anyone who's bed pregnant, you know what this is, is when they measure your belly. But basically it's, we take a measurement from the pubic symphysis. So the pubic bone to the top of the uterine fundus. Um, and interestingly, this is really cool. The number of centimeters that is should correlate very nicely with how many weeks gestation you are, which is like this really bizarre thing that it works, but it's awesome. Hmm. And so it's like a really easy measure for us to say, like, make sure that the baby is growing appropriately and that or like if it you have too much fluid that can be make it larger or, you know, different things like this. And and it's pretty consistent regardless of um, BMI of the patient as well. Um, the only thing that messes up is like multiple gestations, like twins and stuff, obviously, yeah, yeah. which yeah. makes sense. Uh, so that's like the first, you know, like little half hour, depending on how many patients you have. And then the rest, so usually they're two hour sessions. So that's like the first half hour is like the individual health assessment. Um, and then the, the next hour and a half or however long, um, is all this interactive learning part of it. So, um, one of the things that we learn, uh, when you're learning to facilitate centering is that it's not a class and that we try to get away from calling it a class as much as possible because it's not a class. I'm not lecturing to these patients. Um, it's interactive learning. So what this means is that I'm facilitating a discussion with all of these patients and healthcare professionals. So, um, what that means is that there's a lot of women teaching other women, partners teaching other partners, you know, all that mixed together. And then it's really nice because we have a discussion about a certain thing. There's like a little handbook that we work through. Um, and so like have a discussion about whatever from that, that, time um but we also have like a board where women can write questions that they're having right then and if enough of the group has it or wants to talk about it we'll just talk about that that day Mm. um 
And it's nice because instead of me talking for an hour and a half, it's these. So like, let's say it's nutrition. So, you know, like do an activity to kind of get things going. So it'd be like, okay, well, let's like name. So we do a lot of times we do a color game. So it's like you pick a color and then you have to like name like fruits and vegetables that are that color until you like run out. But it's like a really good way of like women will be like, oh, I have a really good uh, recipe for like eggplant. And so, you know, like they'll share with each other. Um, and then for instance, so like breastfeeding, like we'll be like, okay, so people who are already have kids, did you breastfeed? How did it go? Why did you choose to, why did you not choose to? And so it's, we're letting them lead the discussions and it, it's great because I don't know, you know, there's this thing in marketing where it's like you learn better from like word of mouth from your friends mm. and people you trust. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, it's a really good way for them to learn. And it's also way better because I feel like in regular prenatal visits, you're, your provider is like okay well what questions do you have and if you've never done it before you don't know what questions to ask mm-hmm. right and if you've done it before there's a whole new group of questions to ask then you still don't know what questions to ask and so in this it's like people will bring up stuff that you're like have either never thought about period or things that you have thought about and been like oh my gosh i'm not going to ask my provider that but when you're in a group with other people it's really easy to ask those things mm-hmm. and then the other really nice thing for a provider standpoint is that so there's some quote unquote old wives tales that don't work or are potentially dangerous and it's a really good time when those come up to say okay well maybe this is we shouldn't do this and this is why and it's a really good time to like address those and it have it come up organically than just one-on-one and you feel like you're like shaming your patient for thinking that yeah um so anyway it's really cool it sounds like actually something that my wife and I would have been, found very useful yeah. and, and actually enjoyable. Yeah. And it's awesome. And so the third part is community building and it really is community building. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I still am in contact with like some of my, my women who I got to do this with. Um, it's really cool because as a student, like we get zero continuity. I feel like, like there are hardly any patients that I've seen, but these patients, I did all their prenatal care. I went to most of their deliveries in the hospital. I happened to be on vacation that week. And so it was great because when they were delivering, I, they would call me like the people on L and D would call me and they'd be like, Hey, your patient's delivering. And it was awesome. And I walked into the room and the patients were like, so happy that I was there because they knew me. Mm-hmm. They like legit knew me for like nine months of mm-hmm. their lives. And we had like gotten to know each other mm-hmm. and it was just so fun. And I still like, I literally this weekend got an email from one of my patients with pictures of her baby. Yeah. And like, it's just awesome to awesome. be able to have that. Cause like, I mean, I want to do community OBGYN and that's what I want. I mean, I want continuity with my patients. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to deliver my own patients and know them throughout their lives. And so, um, but it's really cool. But the other cool thing is that a lot of groups that we have, the women like will start a little Facebook group and they'll hang out afterwards. Yeah. And then it becomes support for parenting or support for getting pregnant again or, you know, anything. And um, the other really cool thing is that in, well, this isn't cool, but in OBGYN, we have a problem with people showing up to their postpartum visits. So a postpartum visit is like anywhere from four to eight weeks after you deliver. And it's a way for us to make sure everything's going okay. We screen for postpartum depression. Um, you know screen for if you like had a tear we check on how it's healing if you had a c-section we do you know your post-op check um and a lot of women don't come um but the nice thing about centering is that we at least at iowa have a postpartum centering group and sure. so it's the whole group and everyone comes yeah. because everyone wants to show off their babies to each other you know what's so i was gonna say that this sounds a lot like how we how humanity used yeah. to have yes. babies mm-hmm. which is yeah. to you know sort right. of 
be more in a group. And now that everybody's so spread out and they're, you know, a little bit geographically dislocated from their friends and, and other people in their age group who, you know, are getting pregnant. I mean, it just sounds like a totally logical thing to do. And Mm -hmm. the fact that the relationship continues after the birth means Mm -hmm. that they can help each other raise their kids. It's the whole takes a village type mindset. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's very cool. Um, and the, the cool thing is that, well, so one of the things that like when I first started, when I heard about it, I had a question about it. So like, okay, this is a huge HIPAA violation, but so it is and it's not. So basically everyone's sign, you do not, you're not forced to do centering, which number one mm-hmm. makes it not a HIPAA violation. You are consenting to do this. You're consenting to be in group care. If you don't want to be in group care, you don't have to. And so therefore like you're consenting. The other thing is that everyone signs, everyone, every patient, every provider and every support person, anyone who's in the group has to sign a paper like acknowledging that it's HIPAA. We talk about what that means at the first session. We talk about, you know, what's what happens in group stays in group. We do nothing leaves this room that we talk about unless you are talking, you know, unless you give someone permission and you're like talking about it like between the two of you, for instance. Um, but that's the same with like any HIPAA thing. Um but yeah, so it's, I mean it's a very serious discussion that we have in the first group is like this is not for sharing. This is for here. This is something that we do together here and you're not allowed to share anyone else's journey outside of group. So, so as a practical matter though, mm-hmm. at some point it's possible that somebody's going to screw up. Right. And so is there, are there plan other plans in place to deal with that? I, I mean, how does that work? I'm actually not sure. Um, okay. Well, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's just something that popped into my head, but, but I, I mean, I would say like most, most people who are going to sign up for centering are people who like, are going to respect that because they yeah, want it respected you, for themselves. Yeah, you so. you would definitely hope so. But, um, you know, I mean, it's... It, and it does get kind of hard as a provider. So, like, for instance, so obviously everything I say in group is, like, fair game and everyone knows about it. But, like, at the end, we, like, had to make sure to ask. So in a group, when it was when everyone was, like, 36 weeks long, we had to say, okay, now each individual person, is it okay for me to tell the group if you've delivered your baby? Because I was going in and I would be in a patient's room in, on labor and delivery in a patient's room delivering them. And then I had one on postpartum and I would like go check on them and they'd be like, oh, has anyone else delivered yet? And I'm like, I can't answer that question without like express permission from the people who delivered. And so then like I ended up having like that person who delivered and the person who was on postpartum there. And I was like, in the room and I was like, is it okay for me to tell other people in the group if they ask? And they both gave me permission. So I was like, oh yeah. Like, and then I told them because they're like, oh yeah, like we would love yeah, to like, I feel like yeah, most people in that yeah but you have to like make sure to ask that because, and like, you can't say like, oh yeah, but I can't tell you who you have to say, I can't tell you period mm-hmm. because I mean, that's the way that HIPAA works kind of. Um, but it was really fun because I like felt I felt so badass because I like was there like delivering a patient and then I was like with the midwives. And so at Iowa, like their midwife patients then. And I was like with a midwife who I had done my centering group with and we were like very close. And I, I was like, oh, have you done your postpartum check on this patient yet? And she's like, no. And I was like, can I do it? And like, like report to you. And she's like, yeah. And so I was like, just like rounding on my patients in the hospital. That was like so cool and yeah. so fun. Yeah. What about things like, um, so you, you said they're kind of having their prenatal appointments. Oh, yeah. So, as a group. Oh, yeah. So these are re- replacing regular prenatal appointments. So these are their prenatal appointments. Okay. So you're not going. 
So you're not going to like your regular like midwife or right. physician provider until the end. So like, so just the way that prenatal appointments work. So like you go once a month for the first like few weeks. And then once you get to like 30 weeks and you start going every other week. And then once you get to 36 weeks, you start going every week. So for centering, it's the same. It's every four weeks at first and then every other week. And then once you get to 36 weeks, you go to centering one week and then your private provider the next week and then centering the next week and then your private provider the next week. And it's just a way to like help prepare for like the labor and delivery process, mm. like being in the hospital, being with like whatever provider is potentially going to be there when you deliver, kind of that kind of stuff. So so these, I mean, they're not like, you know, doing pelvic exams together. They're just. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like for anyone who's been pregnant probably knows that your first first or second usually um ob visit your first prenatal visit you have a pelvic exam usually to like get um like gonorrhea chlamydia like cultures and to check to check we like routinely to check for like stis and like we do a lot of blood work and stuff so those are all like done and that's the visit where we say hey this centering is available if you want to participate so yeah you're not having any invasive exams yeah, yeah. um and there is like there's one where um you know, like at about, well, depending on the population, but about, about 28 weeks, um, women are doing their like gestational diabetes testing. And so they all like get their little glucolas and like, they all are like (laughs) drinking their glucolas together. And and then they all like, we all go up to the lab and they all get their blood drawn, you know, or we like make them little appointments to do it like when it's convenient for them. And yeah, so they're like all bonding over like how gross it was. (laughs) And (laughs) it's funny, but yeah, that's super neat. I would do it if I was pregnant, I think. Yeah, it's very fun. I have a friend who's who's a he is a resident, um, but his wife is pregnant and I was like, Oh, you guys should do this because I think his wife would really like it. And he's like, Well, I don't you know, I I'm a doctor already, like I'm a resident. And I'm like, Okay, but how much do you know about like the birth process and like because there I was talking to an attending about this who had a baby who's not not an OB guy, but she was like, There's so much that we don't learn in med school about this process from the patient's perspective yeah yeah and aside from that i mean there's more to it than just oh, yeah learning the medical bits right. it sounds like i mean this is uh it's community building it's um in some ways co-parenting right it's mm-hmm. or co i don't know co-pregnancying i guess but yeah yeah i mean it's it just sounds so cool yeah it is very cool um i also think like i feel like it's important for spouses of like physicians to have their own birth experience you know what i mean yeah i definitely agree with that like you you never know what these things are going to be like until you Mm -hmm. until you do them well there's like a joke in ob that like ob guys have the worst pregnancies (laughs) well yeah and doctors are the worst patients oh we are for sure but like like ob residents like have like the worst like I feel like every residency I've gone to, they're like, oh, yeah, our residents, when they're pregnant, they like preeclampsia or like gestational oh. diabetes. Like, they're like, and we just like get the shittiest stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I know. It's <laughs> to that, I didn't realize it was to that extent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Or like, we'll have like an emergency C section, you know, or whatever. Oh, it's just like yeah. all the shit like happens to you when you're in medicine, I feel like. It's like, like, uh, it's like what some higher power is like, okay, now we're going to teach you yeah, it's like, how this really works, how this will work for your patients. Exactly. Um, you have to go on Meg for 24 hours. Yeah, and get Meg checks every <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. Um, the other, this is like another thing that I think is really, really important is, um, so the Centering Healthcare Institute is really interested in evidence-based practice. And so what that means is like, 
we care about research and what research says works. And so something I think is really cool is if you go on the Centering site, they have a Centering Healthcare bibliography. And it's basically just like a ton of studies that you can look up and show like how Centering actually helps with health outcomes. And so um, something like this is like what was interesting for me is that when you're learning as about it as a provider, like Centering has been shown in a randomized control trial, which is like for us the most like rigorous of trials yeah. it's, gold standard it's, of research yeah um it has been shown to reduce the rate of preterm birth which means birth before 37 weeks gestation um and also has reduced disparities in um in ra- so reduced racial disparities in preterm birth which means that so in general people of color so um african-american women and hispanic women in the u.s and other people of color have higher rates of preterm birth than white women and centering has basically bridged that gap and made that gap much smaller and reduced everyone's overall but also has reduced african-american women hispanic women more than white women so that basically they're equal so is is the mechanism by which that reduction takes place because of education because no idea there's i mean there's there's no real way to like measure that but yeah the idea is like education community building um all kind of all the stuff we talked about you you have more face-to-face time with your provider so you have more time to like alert them to something going on that's wrong you have more education about how to be healthy during a pregnancy you have more um accountability for like let's say you're like smoking during Mm -hmm. pregnancy or drinking alcohol or using substances you have more accountability to quit those things and more people supporting you um so kind of all goes together but yeah, this is also what my research is on too. So fascinating. It's interesting. It is fascinating. Yeah, but um, it's been really interesting. Like in, there's a lot of like resident. This is something that's very important to me. Like in residency and like in my career, I I will definitely do this in my career. Like mm-hmm. as as we know. The, so the other thing is okay. So I'll talk about this first. So so like in my career, it's like very important to me. And I was talking to one of the program directors at a program that I applied to, and she's like. This is like one of like OB is kind of cool because this is like one of the only evidence based practice models. Like there isn't a lot of like other yeah. um, specialties that have evidence based practice models because I mean we all just kind of go to the doctor, see our doctor, and then like leave, you know. And that's kind of how we do it everywhere. But this is this is different and it and it's got evidence behind it mm. and it, and it's very cool. And so actually, what the other thing is cool is now that there's cent- there's centering parenting groups. So there are groups that you can do like for the first few years of your child's life. Um, there's also centering diabetes. So there's there's been studies also that show actually I'll give credit to internal medicine. So there's studies that have shown that like <laughs> if I must group group care for diabetes, group yeah. care for hypertension, those work in reducing bad outcomes. And so, um, but yeah, it's really cool that we're like following the evidence and like i don't know ob is like we have a lot of issues with like not having enough evidence for stuff because it's unethical but this is something really cool where we're kind of at the forefront of doing it and i think that's really cool then the other part of it is like a healthcare from a healthcare like administrator cost standpoint so in centering you're spending so as a provider i'm spending two hours with like eight to twelve patients and that is for me time wise cheaper than me spending let's be generous and say a 20 minute appointment with eight patients, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's more than two hours right there. And so, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's more than two hours right mm-hmm. there. So this is saving healthcare dollars. It's saving me time as a provider. It's saving patients time 
well, it's not saving patients time, but it's better for patients are getting more bang for their buck in time yeah. because let's be honest, most prenatal visits are like 10 minutes long yeah. and you're not sitting in a waiting room. You're yeah. not sitting in a room waiting for your provider to come. You're sitting there for two hours face to face with your provider and your friends who are going through it with you. And so it's a, it's a really good. And then also if it, if it lowers preterm births, if it helps with, so like my research is on postpartum um, contraception specifically postpartum larks which we've talked about before um and if if rates of that are higher for people who use centering pregnancy and so all these things reducing preterm births um reducing bad outcomes those are also saving the healthcare system money and so if it actually does that like centering pregnancy saves a lot of money of healthcare mm-hmm. dollars mm-hmm. so that's another reason it's important are there any i mean it sounds fantastic are there any downsides to this so there's i mean from what i've seen like not really except for obviously if patients aren't comfortable with being in a group setting then it's that's totally fine there's also like really this is like something i'm interested in like potentially in the future is so at least so at iowa our centering groups are like all low-risk women Mm-hmm. But I know that there are places who offer centering to high risk women, because if you look at like reduction in preterm birth and low risk women, I mean, that's pretty easy, right? Like low risk women are low risk for a reason. Yeah. But yeah. I think it'd be interesting to see like and I need to do more research into this, like just in literature. Um, but if it reduces bad outcomes in high risk women, because that's I mean, really where it's, you know, well, it would seem to make sense. I mean, if if other specialties are doing this for things like diabetes and right. things like that, I mean, it would seem to make a lot of sense to right do this for well and so what's interesting so at at one of the programs i was at they do they do group care group prenatal care for their opioid addicted patients Mm -hmm. and so i don't know if i don't think it's centering exactly but it's it's like a centering style group where everyone has different sorts of addiction process like things that they're going through and so So i wonder how that's different from traditional group therapy yeah like that i think it's it's basically like a hybrid of group therapy for like the addiction part and then Medical. group prenatal care right so um but yeah it's interesting but yeah i don't know and then like and i've talked to other places where they're like well let's just have everyone like high risk and low risk all together because everyone can learn from everyone. I've talked to places where they have teen centering. So like teen pregnancy, um, they have their own centering groups, but it's like, okay, well let's put the teens with the older moms because there's a lot they can learn from them, you know? And so kind of everyone that I've talked to is kind of in the view of like, let's just mix everybody together because we can learn the most from yeah. the most different people. But anyway, they, that sounds like worthy experiments. I mean, I could see where, you know, in some situations, it might be difficult f- uh, to for like h- high risk being mixed with low risk or team, right. only because there might be a, some lack of understanding, right? From, initially, anyway, from patient to patient as to what mm-hmm. the other patient is going through. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, so long as everybody learns something, right? maybe well, that's not a problem and so like I, i've been at places where like people who are like in a high risk who need to go to mfms they like they go to centering and then they just like will the same day have their like their appointment with their mfm um you know like right after or right before and so they're still like can like seeing that patient and then they're having like a or they're seeing that physician um and getting everything that they need to done and then they're just having like an their regular pretty yeah. appointment mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing. So like one of my patients without going into too much detail, detail had a, 
did have a, a baby with a, a fetal anomaly. It, it wasn't f- fatal. It, it was fine, but it was something that we kind of talked about. And she, you know, she just like had her extra ultrasounds and like had her meetings with like the peds people and the MFM people and, and it was fine. And she still came to a group with us and we still delivered her. And yeah, it was great. So, yeah, I mean, that's a little too, a little bit of a different situation though than a woman who has a high risk pregnancy. Like, right. No, I yeah. know. Well, but that's a high risk pregnancy for well, the fetal it's a high side, risk, yeah, not for a, the maternal side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it sounds like a great idea, personally. Yeah. And it's not for everybody. Like I said, there's people yeah. I mean, who... there's there's always going to be some people I think who just don't want to get yeah, into a group setting, sure. and that no harm, no foul there. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, sounds sounds great. It sounds like a a, a rare win for everybody mm-hmm. in uh in medicine mm-hmm. pretty neat corbin uh took this episode off uh <laughs> haven't seen her today no i'm just kidding hi corbin hi she's, she's, didn't have she's, much to she's say. been nodding at me i, I kind of took over i just one. already know what it is i was gonna so... say corbin like knows all of this she's like had the same did you do that you did the same no i didn't do it well oh, okay. the same like so we had like this interest group where the person who runs Centrina Iowa comes and like talks about okay. it. And so yeah. she's like been through all to all those with me. Mm. The only thing that she just didn't do the facilitator training like I did, but right. but other than that, she's like learned just as much about it as me. I think the thing about centering is it requires people to like think about Yeah prenatal care differently Mm -hmm. and that can be a little scary because i feel like especially when it comes to parenthood people have an idea about what it's going to be like what their children are going to be like Mm -hmm. you know we all have expectations and so you have to like adjust your expectation and decide if you're comfortable with that or not Mm -hmm. you know well that's like tell you that uh as a parent those expectations all turn out to be right but everyone has them like that's true like that's true but everyone has them regardless of whether they're like and it's a good way to like talk about them even if like if because i I feel like there is a difference between like having an expectation and like naming that expectation so it's a good way to like talk about it um though that's something like on the website um it says this so it talks about like the benefits for you know the moms babies and providers so one is better health outcomes but one is Mm self-care and it says moms are actively engaged in their own health care and their own health information which i think is true like it's a they are involved like it's not like they're just coming in having all this stuff done to them they are participating in it yeah which is cool it is cool but yeah and it's fun yeah like we do fun activities we have snacks in the middle Hey, snacks. Yeah. You can get me to do anything with a snack. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, address of that website? Yeah. So centeringhealthcare.org. Sounds cool. It is awesome. It's like very pretty. <laughs> it's a pretty website. Yeah. Which is also always nice. Yeah. Like, it's, it's always nice. nice. If it was, websites. if it looked like it was a GeoCities website from 1995, <laughs> that probably wouldn't lend probably its wouldn't any credibility. Work. Yeah. send us an email yeah if you've done centering let us know how it went if you've led centering let us know how it went yeah (laughs) um if it sounds like something that's not for you don't do it let us let us know that too yeah you can let us know anything yeah anything you want let me tell you something our door is always open yeah we have an open door policy yes we do you can email us uh uh to the vagabonds podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Woo! And um, 
Twitter at, at the Vagabonds. And Instagram at the Vagabonds Pod. Facebook us. Yeah, we the have Vagabonds Podcast. Join our group. We'll add you. Yeah. As yeah. long as you're not a bot. And if you want to support the show, you could go to the vagabonds.com slash store and buy a cute little uh mug featuring yeah. either or both Katie and Corbin as you or I. Yeah. Or, or a t-shirt. t-shirt. Or a onesie for your centering baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. little babies. Um, and maybe I'll... Uh, so I have a question about our shortened URL. So it, to get to our regular website, is it thevagabonds.com? You can... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Is it thevagabonds.com? Thevagabonds.com. Okay. And um, I mean, you can use the old URL if you're into typing longer things. Yeah, which is thevagabondspodcast.blueberry.com. Right. <laughs> Blueberry. Spelled B-L-U-B-R-Y-Y. Yeah. So please just use vagabonds. Yeah, it's just easier. <laughs> Yeah. It's easier. We're awesome. Um, what else? What do, do we have anything coming up? Our book club. Yeah. Read Hunger by Roxanne Gay. Okay, so um, do all those things and love us and okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye.